You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, as we say every year, quite simply, folks, the best two wagering days of the season are in front of us as a horse player. It's Breeders' Cup 2021, Friday and Saturday, Old Del Mar, San Diego, California. And for the final time this year, we gather here on the Across the Board edition of the Winners Club podcast. Try to find some winners in the nine grade one races we have coming up on Saturday. And admittedly, as we do so, there'll be some melancholy for a lot of players and sports fans like myself, knowing how much Bob Newmeyer, Numi, loved, loved this event. We lost Numi last week and, as expected, a huge outpouring of sadness from sports fans, fellow media members, horse players here in New England, and really horse players across the country. Because Numi was great at everything that he did. TV anchor, tremendous on sports radio here on WEI, a decorated TV reporter nationally for huge events like the Olympics and Sunday Night Football. He handled hockey play-by-play since his 20s, you know, going back to Hartford and the Whalers. And of course, and of course, he was your favorite and my favorite TV handicapper. And it really, it wasn't close. Numi loved the races. He loved the horses. I've heard stories from friends in racing since his passing about days at Suffolk Downs, at Rockingham Park, at Saratoga. He loved the track, and he loved handicapping. He loved the exercise of handicapping and the puzzle, too, whether it was a race, a card, a race sequence, a tournament, all of it. He's the guy who suffered a stroke, as many people know, and once he was feeling better, he went and won the Breeders' Cup Media Handicapping Tournament. Months later, he was a numbers guy. He was the sheets guy uh, they talked about. We debated sheets versus buyer speed figures. He was a slave to those numbers, and he admitted so. The numbers were a big part of his handicapping. But he also loved the action. I was lucky to play in a media fantasy baseball league with Numi for a number of years. Don't laugh. And if the chance of winning some money and beating the likes of myself and Sean McDonough and John Mita Perel wasn't enough for Numi, he had to ask some side action. Going heads up with myself and McDonough for 100 bucks a head. Maybe it was more with Sean, but for me it was 100 It's all I could afford. Just a straight side bet who would beat the other in the standings because, well, it was more action. And when I somehow beat Numi one of those years, he showed up Mohegan Sun for our Breeders' Cup event, not only to present me the $100, but he stopped and explained to a ballroom about 1,000 people, I'm giving Mutt this money because he beat me in fantasy baseball. It was, it was a funny moment. I loved it. I was lucky to do a few of those Mohegan events with him, and they were a blast for me and really a blast for the, all the audience there at Mohegan. This is also a guy, Numi, who in 2014, I'd only met him passing at that point, sent me a very nice note of encouragement when WEI moved me off middays in tonight's and a Red Sox baseball because that's the type of guy that he was. Ask anyone who approached him at Saratoga or Mohegan or anywhere he was in public. He was as thoughtful and generous at this time with everyone that he met. I watched him over the years at Mohegan, the events we did together, talk to dozens and dozens and dozens of fans about all sorts of stuff, sports, radio, TV, took pictures, did it all. Sign, I saw him sign programs, sign autographs. People loved Numi because he was the same guy you saw on TV or heard on the radio when you met him in public. And he loved this weekend, either working for NBC or handicapping at Mohegan Sun, wherever he was. He didn't love two-year-old races, I can tell you that, because not enough form to go off. As he once told me here, I think, on this very podcast, the man loved the sport, supporting groups like Michael Blowen's Old Friends Farm for years and years and years with his time and money. And he would have wanted us and you and me to find a winner or two this weekend because that's what we're going to try to do here on the podcast for the next 45 minutes. And we'll try to avoid what Numi would call paralysis by analysis. We look at these things. We won't get too crazy and start to get think too much about these things. We'll do it with Jessica Paquette, our friend from Suffolk Downs, now taking on the horse racing world from every angle, and our buddy Dick Girardi, Daily Racing Forum, and betonline.ag. We'll have some ideas for you to chew on, add into your own handicapping, and for what I will quote, simply say once again, the two best racing days and wagering days of the year, 
days that our friend Bob Newmeyer absolutely loved. Let's get to it. Breeders' Cup 2021 here on the Across the Board edition of the Winners Club Podcast. It's the Breeders' Cup, and we try to get the uh, best handicappers we possibly can because I am a, just a weekend hack who just uh, racks up losses and losses and losses on Niowa tracks. But we got Breeders' Cup this weekend. We'll try to find some ideas. The expert handicappers, though, the ones you want to listen to, including uh, my friend Jessica Paquette, who you know, of course, from Suffolk Downs locally in Boston. But now, I mean, now racing's newest superstar. So all the love that Jessica got uh, from Colonial Downs, her excellent work there. Uh, she's now going to be a handicapper and analyst for Sam Houston in Texas going forward. Of course, her great work with Thoroughbred Aftercare and the TRF. And oh, by the way, the subject of a New York Times expose about the woman who's saving racing, Jessica. What's going on? Yeah, it was a good summer. Uh, you know, I, I ended up breaking my back. So, you know, the fall, the fall has been less good than the summer was, but that's about it. I'm, I'm just kind of convalescing in my house. So those who follow Jess on Twitter at uh, JM Paquette, they, they know that you had a fall. Uh, we saw the hospital pictures. How are you feeling right now? I am looking forward to being back out into the world. I understand it could have been a lot worse. I'm very lucky to be walking away from it. Um, and for everyone watching racing this weekend, understand what a dangerous sport this is, riding horses. So it's really easy to criticize a jockey for a bad ride, but it's also very easy for them to have one life-changing accident. So donate a few, do- a few dollars to the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund if you win this weekend. So I did see your tweet. Let, I, we should let people know for those who did not see it. So you're, you have a good idea. So basically... Every time you criticize a jockey, which I will do multiple times this weekend, because God forbid my handicapping was the problem, Jess. It's not my problem. It was the jockey's fault or the trainer's. But your exercise is if you criticize a jockey, it's like the swear jar, $10 to the PDJF if you do that. I, I think that I think that's only fair. Um, you know, it was a really eye-opening thing for me. The injury I sustained was a burst fracture of my L4. So it's a really common um, jockey injury because of the speed at which that I fell. And it is. It's a life-changing, terrible thing. And many of these guys, you know, go on to ride again after, but some don't. And that's what the PDGF does. So it gives them a safety net. Well, I think it's a great idea. We'll, we'll let people know about that. And certainly uh, it's going to be a lot of people hopefully celebrating the jockeys this weekend and not complaining about the jockeys. We have a lot of races on Friday. We're going to focus on Saturday races. We'll talk about five races uh, with Jessica. Of course, Jessica, thankfully, uh, years ago here on this podcast and on the Suffolk Downs website gave out, was a $30,000 Superfecta uh, in the Derby? Uh, I mean, it was a it was a fourteen thousand dollar trifecta, but I'm who's ca- who's counting? <laughs> that I will go to lunch on that win for the rest of my life. Oh, country house getting it done. All right, so let's try to find one of those here this weekend. We got nine gray ones to go with. We're going to start uh, with the big one, and this is a card to me that it starts slow and really does build up. You get to some really fun races at the end. The late pick four, the late pick five are all going to be interesting, even if we have some shorter fields in the dirt races, some heavy favorites even uh, early on in the card. But we're going to start with the big one, 8.40 Eastern time, 5.40 Pacific. It is the Long Jeans Breeders' Cup Classic, of course, going a mile and a quarter uh, out at Del Mar, a track where uh, we watched on Thursday and we've seen the past in these dirt races there at Del Mar. You want to be forwardly placed, and the horse that wants to go right to the front, Nick's go, he is 5-2, to two. he is fast, he is talented, his stablemate, Essential Quality, is a three-year-old. He's also got some talent. Hot Rod Charlie, another three-year-old developing at the right time. Uh, Medina Spirit, the Derby winner, uh, at least for now, at least for now, the Derby winner. <laughs> He's on the outside, has some speed at 4-1. to one. I like this field. I have some ideas, Jess. Your thoughts here on the Breeders' Cup Classic Race 12 on Saturday. I think this is one of the most interesting classics from a pace perspective that I can remember. And the observation I have to make that I've had all week seeing, now I've had some big FOMO watching the Breeders' Cup coverage sitting on my couch. I was hoping to be down there this year, but luckily with social media, you can feel like you're right there with the action. And the horse that has impressed me the most has been Essential Quality. Now, he's a son of Tappet. They are known for being hot and high, strong, and a little bit difficult, but he's always been sort of the anti-Tappet. He's been really mature and really cool and pretty quiet to train. He has been jogging onto the track like he is on fire this weekend. Every time I see this horse heading towards the track, he looks more lit up and more um, on the muscle. I think this horse is going to run the race of his life and end his career on a winning note. Yeah, it's a similar theme to what you've heard from people that are there, Jess. You're seeing the same thing that they are seeing, that when he started his three-year-old campaign, 
he wasn't like this, and now he's sort of, I don't know, can horses mature? Can horses start to go about their business differently as they get older? You certainly know better than I do. Oh, yeah, I think they understand the job a little bit better the more and more they develop, and he just looks like a horse who's physically kind of jumping out of his skin a little bit. I think he, I think he's just sitting on a huge race. And it sets up for him. He should be able to kind of raid off of what should be pretty hot early fractions. You can't let Nick go go on his own or you won't catch him. And I don't think he wants to go a mile and a quarter, but if he gets it his own way, he can. But he and Kentucky Derby first place finisher Medina Spirit will <laughs> probably slug it out out there. Well, there's no other way it can play out. And this is why, it's a, to me, it's a very fun handicapping race, like you said. Medina Spirit, the eight, under Bob Baffert. You know, he, the horse has one way. He's not a rate. He's not a rating horse. He's not shown that real ability in these top flight races. He has gone to the front. Last time uh, in the awesome again, the grade one at Santa Anita, he went to the front and took it to him. He was great. It was also a speed favoring track, and he was also not favoring uh, and facing to me a horse like Nick's go. And it just seems inevitable that Johnny V and Bob are going to send this horse and Nick's go and, and they have to. They, they're going to hook up and it sets up for a horse off the pace. I think essential quality is a very likely winner of this race, and at 3-1, second choice, third choice, I think is a bet that I would make. I wanted your take on the other three-year-old I'm interested in here, and that's Hot Rod Charlie. You know, he has run fast races really since his Louisiana Derby, which ended up being a big race. Midnight Bourbon was in there, some other horses that came back and ran well. Uh, His Derby was good. His Belmont was awesome. The Haskell and Pennsylvania Derby, he was a little weird in the lane. He's got issues there, including at Parks where he ran a big number, a 111 buyer, but he was still... He was still weird in that race late. They're putting the blinkers back on. Can Hot Rod Charlie sit behind what you and I think will be a hot pace and be able to make one run with essential quality? Maybe a couple of developing three-year-olds down the stretch here for the Classic. Well, two points about Hot Rod Charlie. One, I'm going to throw myself under the bus a little bit here. The Louisiana Derby. Yeah, we all, even no matter how long we've been doing this, sometimes horses prove us wrong. I remember this may have been my worst racing take of my entire career. After the Louisiana Derby, I tweeted that the Kentucky Derby winner definitely didn't come out of the Louisiana <laughs> Derby. What a bad, what a bad group. And every good three-year-old has come out of that race. Um, and Hot Rod Charlie, I think the blinkers on should help him kind of be a little less goofy. And that is, I think he just kind of gets a little distracted and gets a little bit goofy. Sometimes horses can be a little herdbound too. And he may just want to be close to his friends, like, which is a strange thing, but you know, he gets himself in trouble that way. All right. So you like essential quality. That's that be your pick. Any other prices you like as plays to use with the three-year-old for Brad Cox, who has just, I mean, what a, what a hand he has for this race, the speed and the horse that can sit off the speed. He is, he is set for a big classic on Saturday. On the underside of my exotics, I'm using Max Player a little bit. I don't know what kind of running strategy they're going to take with him. I always think of him as kind of this big dead closer because that's how he ran when Linda Rice had him. He's broken a lot better and has been a little bit more engaged since he went to the Steve Asmussen barn, but he still has the ability to sit off the pace, and I think that works to his advantage. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to see uh, one of the three-year-olds get it done. I I think Essential Quality will be a horse I'm going to be uh, using heavily, I certainly am going to use Hot Rod Charlie. The the long shot that I I have to include in Superfectors and tries, and people should at least keep their mind open because it's going to be an impossible price. Is John Sheriff's the number two express train? And last time out, he was running late in a track again. The awesome again. Uh, everyone that I've talked to, the time form people, uh, the track bias people, that was a speed favoring track. He is a closer. Nobody did any running late. It was all Medina Spirit and Stiletto Boy sucking up for second. Express Train is going to be a one-run closer. Uh, if the track is playing fair, and we expect that hopefully it will at Del Mar, he has every shot to get a piece not to win, but to run third or fourth, and he's going to be every bit of 20-1 to 1 in this race. There are logicals that I think you can play around with, essential quality, and Hot Rod Charlie you talked about. Max Player could get that same sort of setup in a 20-1, to 1, and John Sheriffs and Express Train. The Union Rags Colts, as far as I can tell, have not had a big issue with the distance, correct? No, none whatsoever. They get better the more you throw at them. Three for five uh, at Del Mar with a, a placing as well. is going to be running late, and the workouts say he's back in form. So I'm going to use the, the Essential Quality, Hot Rod Charlie, and uh, Express Train underneath. Uh, Jess just talked about Essential Quality as a three-year-old who is crawling out of his skin. And then Max Player on the outside. We'll see what kind of trip he gets from that spot. It should be an awesome classic. So neither one of us, we respect Nick's go. I'll say, I'll speak for me. I respect Nick's go. I think he's up against it given the setup in this race, Jess. That's, that's why I stand against him in a logical spot for a speed horse. 
I mean, I love the Maryland breeding program, so I love that he came from there. I respect him a ton. I would have liked to see him back in the dirt mile. All right, let's go work backwards here and go to race number 11 is the Breeders' Cup turf. And unfortunately for us, this race changed quite a bit uh, on Thursday. We lost United, who I know you can speak to as a horse you liked, and we lost to Mexic Spending, who was the American, I thought, the best chance to, to get this race uh, for Chad Brown, for America, after what he did in the Mr. D, formerly the Arlington Million out there in Arlington, running into a slow pace and never able to get to two Emmys. But uh, they're both out, and I felt like this race changed quite a bit with no United and no domestic spending. United was not only one of my stronger opinions, he was my strongest opinion mm. of the weekend. Mm. So this kind of annihilated a lot of my plans. Uh, it's really back to the drawing board for me. I think with the defection of those two, this race squarely becomes Tarnawa's cho- uh, race to lose. She's the defending champion, no problem taking on the boys. And her form has really held up. Um, you know, She's been catching some really good fields out in Europe, holding her own, hasn't kind of gotten that big breakthrough win since last year. Um, no, she had that one win in the group three, but in the arc, she was a very good second. Uh, it's her race to lose. This does make my horizontals at least a little bit cheaper because I don't have to go deep trying to cover myself. I'll probably just single her. Yeah, it feels like a really strong single. And for those who are looking at, you know, okay, so she won last year, and people are going to see that she obviously won this race. Uh, she, oh, she's a couple seconds now this year. The time form ratings are about the same. She's not trailed off at all, and she's going to get a great no, setup. No, I don't think so at all. The, the numbers say she's the same. And, and I get caught up in this sometimes, Jess, like, you, oh, well, the horse didn't win. Well, a lot of times it, the wins end up being overrated. I, there's a horse I like earlier in the car. We'll get to it, where the, the trip just cost the horse to win two back. The horse was the best horse in the race, but the trip was the wrong trip. And so I, I'm with you. I, I'm going to be... Pretty comfortable uh, using Tarnawa, I think, as a lone A late. Maybe I'll be talking to something else. Uh, what kind of prices do you want to use? I may throw Tiona. Yeah. I, may, I may throw Tiona in there as well. That's that's the only other horse I feel like I can make a comfortable case for, um, solely because I think so highly of Snowfall, and she's been kind of sno- swapping off wins with her over in Europe. And I don't know what it's going to mean for the field. I mean, I, I guess that, that Aiden O'Brien can now run uh, Bolshoi Ballet, uh, I know Will, uh, Bill Mott was surprised. He didn't think they had two defections, but now they will. Maybe Channel Maker gets in uh, to this race, a fun horse to root for. The, the other two that I want to use with the favorite now, I, not, I'm not going to use extensively in, in, as A's, but I'm going to use underneath his prices, is the 7 Walton Street, who ran an unbelievable race at Woodbine last time. My issue there, that was with Lasix. You know, some of these trainers sent their horses, just as you know, to the Woodbine Stakes because in those stakes races, you can still use Lasix. This is a 7-year-old who ran a career-best race at seven at Woodbine. Uh, but if he's able to pair that effort up at all, uh, he is right in the mix here at the 8-10 to 1. And then on the outside, I know he didn't run well last time at Belmont, but Aiden O'Brien has always liked Japan. And I was reading his comments in the Racing Post the last couple of days, and he's right. Two back in the Sword Dancer, he might have been best. He got a tough ride there, and Gufo was able to, to get there at the wire. He kind of clipped heels, and I forget the, the phrase that he used. I think the phrase he used was she got chopped twice. Japan did last time in the Turf Classic. He's going to be outside. He's going to be forgotten, and this is a horse that's going to be a monster price. So I think it's all about Europe and the, the internationals. Are there any American horses, Jess, you think have a chance to, to be part of the mix as this thing hits the top of the stretch? I'm going to use Channel Maker Ooh. underneath Ooh. In, some, in some exotics. I don't think he's good enough to win, and he need to. I mean, he does need his best to show up here, but I like that he has some useful speed. There isn't really a ton of pace here. Uh, one of the horses you mentioned, um, uh, Walton Street, ha- you know, has some pace, but that's, you know, the, the LASIK is the question mark there because he does, if you look through his running lines in Europe, you can kind of read between the lines and wonder if maybe he did bleed a little bit and does move up on LASIK. So, I, Channel Maker, we know what he is. We have seen him time and time again. We know his good, we know his bad. And if he shows up, he can get a piece. Tarnawa on top for me. You, you use well Tiona as a price. And then uh, also Channel Maker. Uh, I will use Japan underneath and a little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, the, the number seven Walton Street. And again, you you could make a lot of money in this race historically. Just take the Euros, folks. Box in the Exacta. Box in the Try. It's not that expensive. It's amazing how many times the Euros won one, two, or one, two, three. And you look down and say, 
How did that pay that? It just it, for, we we want to bet the American horses. We we're, we we're nationalists, and we end up ignoring the euros. And some big euro price will get in, and Tiona might be that price uh, for Jessica Paquette in the eleventh race, the Breeders' Cup Turf, which sets up an awesome uh, late double. Uh, even if you want to key off Tarnawa, who's going to be a big favorite in that race. Uh, I made you help handicap the toughest race on the card, in my opinion. That is the Breeders' Cup Mile. As of Thursday night, there are no defections here. There is a horse who last time ran where the announcer afterwards said the horse has balls of steel. Uh, You have (laughs) these Euros who all look good to me. You have blowout for Chad Brown who wants to go to the front. Mo Forza, who looked like a really good horse out west, who's going to get Flavian Pratt and Peter Miller, who seems to do really well for some reason on these big days in California. It's weird how that happens, but that's for a different show. Let's talk about the Breeders' Cup Mile. I thought toughest race of the card. Do you agree, and what are your thoughts on what this race looks like? I have some thoughts. So if you like Mo Forza, I won't blame you. I do not. And I especially don't like the price you're probably going to have to take him at. I do, however, like hit the road at 15 to 1. He's been just missing against Mo Forza in his last two and has had like nightmare trips in both of those races. Love the switch to John Velasquez. No offense, Florent. Uh, Florent's done a good job. I think he's opted <laughs> elsewhere here. Yep. Um, so, you know, Florent is one of the top, but Johnny V is just my favorite rider on the grass in the U.S. I don't think anyone finishes better. Um, I think he has an innate sense of pace. I think he's going to be a great fit here. And this is one I have gotten to see train a little bit. I think he looks fantastic. So 15 to 1 on Hit the Road. And the other horse I do really like, and this is a little bit of maybe sentimentality talking here, but I'd be really happy if Got Stormy Stormy wins. Yeah, Got Stormy's a horse that is always fun to root for. Uh, I just thought, you know, it, it's just been so long since she paired up really good races together. Uh, and I, you tell well, me, I think she had a bad one last time. Well, that's why we. So they go from the was the sprint a setup here? You know, this is a horse that has gone ten for twenty at the mile. And they go to the sprint there at Kentucky Downs and really was the favorite. And there was there was nothing there. I, I followed her a couple times in the replay and just didn't seem to like it. Some horses, as you know, Jess, you've talked about this. They don't like that Kentucky Downs turf. It's a weird turf course. I just wondered, and so you don't think she's off form based on that effort? No, I don't think so at all. I thought her four-star Dave was actually so good. And if you look back, the start before in the Jiper, she went six furlongs there. So you do kind of wonder if maybe that is just a, like a belt tightener before a big effort. Because she is, I mean, I do agree. She is one that is not that great at putting together several very good efforts. But when she's when she puts it all together, she's so she's as competitive as any of them here. And one for one at Del Mar, I'll take that. I, I'd love to see her go out on a high note. Uh, it's a rooting interest for a lot of people. I will not be involved uh, gambling-wise. This was the only race in, in 2017 where an American won. Uh, Mark Cassie, ironically, was able to take that thing down with world approval, who had got a big effort to win the mile. I'm going to stick with Europe again here, and I'm going to go with two horses that uh, are going to be pretty decent price, I think. I'm going to take for Aiden O'Brien, and this might be my downfall this weekend, just betting all the Aiden O'Brien horses. But I thought Mother Earth, uh, three starts back in the grade one, uh, justify matron stakes, the Coolmore race there. Uh, going a left-handed turn, which is what they're doing. Some of these European horses you'll see in your form, it'll say straight. Well, that was just a straight a straight course. Right-handed turns and left-handed turns. Uh, going a left-handed turn just absolutely was best in that race, and it wasn't close. And Ryan Moore got jammed up. From there, came back in another grade one uh, at Newmark, this time going straight, and was able to make an okay run. But the run that really convinced me I want to bet this horse was in the Queen Elizabeth, where she was so far back you thought okay she's going to run up the track she makes this huge run to get fifth which sounds like nothing but there are no other horses moving and this horse is moving there late it's Aiden O'Brien uh it's a horse that is uh going to be getting four pounds from her last couple of races you're getting Ryan Moore a little bit slow on the paper but from a trip standpoint and class standpoint Mother Earth for me is my top pick the number nine and I'll go with one other Euro who had some trips in the replays that I watched this week, and that's the number one, Master of Seas for Charles Appleby. Had no luck two back, finishing third uh, in that grade two at Newmarket. Uh, I'm not sure what happened last time. It was kind of a sluggish start. and was never really involved in that race, but uh, given her back races, some of the horses she's faced uh, overseas, uh, I wanted the rail draw. I wanted to save some ground, and so I'm going to use the nine and the one uh, Mother Earth and Master of Seas as prices here. The big favorite, Jess, is we haven't met, talked about this horse real quick, is going to be Space Blues, who's 3-1 to one on the morning line. If you look at the odds checker and odds over in Europe, is even a bigger favorite than that. 
had a wow finish uh, at Longchamp last time. What did you think of, of his chances and why no, no inclusion uh, of a horse what was considered it made a balls of steel move to win that race last time? He's one I'm not going to talk anyone off of. I'm going to be including him on a lot of my tickets. I think he's a very legitimate short price here. It's interesting kind of looking at the kind of turf courses he's run over in his past couple of starts. You know, heavy, good, soft. He's gotten some really wet weather over in Europe, and he's going to have a tight, fast, hard turf course at Del Mar. And I think he'll really actually be a student. Some of his better efforts have come on a firm course. Well, we got some interesting thoughts there in the mile. Prices galore to choose from, and based on the history of this race, prices are the way to go. Let's let's go backwards to race number five. Uh, it's going to be the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint again. I I have had no luck with these. It's you know, r- racing in some cases is roulette on horseback. These turf sprints for me, I think my ROI is negative uh, one million dollars. There's a horse I like in here uh, off the trip last time, but I need help in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. A million of these going five furlongs on the Del Mar Turf Course, Jess. Help us out. We gave you all the tough races, so uh, let's get through this turf sprint together. This is one of my stronger opinions with United Out. I'm taking a big swing with long shot number eight. That's Caravelle for Grand Motion. A couple of reasons. I'll show my work here. So I was down in Pennsylvania for the uh, at Parks for the Pennsylvania Derby uh, as the guest handicapper for the day, which was big fun. And I watched the Turf Monster, which sort of a weird race with Hollywood talent. Yeah. You know, that was all strange. However, the turf course was so soggy and so wet. And this filly, she's kind of a slight, not a very big-bodied filly at all. And she just couldn't get over it. Uh, it looked like she was spinning her wheels the entire time. I was standing with Ram right after the race, and he was just not happy with how she handled the turf course. Um, so I think back over a firm turf course, she'll be a much-improved filly. The other thing is Graham would not send a horse from Fairhill in Maryland to California and put them through the travel and the stress of that sort of trip if he didn't think they had a legitimate chance. This isn't the kind of trainer that just enters for the sake of entering a big race. So in grand motion, I trust. I love that insight, Jess, because I watched the race and my trip note was just no-showed. What was the excuse? And now now we know. Wet turf course, you're there with grand motion. Because it, it's, it's listed as good. So you don't know. I, I, watching the races, you can't tell. So having Jess there calling the, 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 the handicapping in the paddock, folks, that's a really interesting note. I would make a note on your racing form uh, about that for Caravelle. He's also 20-1. to 1. You're also getting Jose Ortiz. And those guys click at about 20%. That horse officially now on my tickets. I, I, I'll ask you for another pick, but you give us a 20-1 to 1 play here. So if you don't want to, you can stand on that alone if you'd like. Honestly, I like another long shot here, too. I think this is a really deep, very interesting race. I'm Going with Fast Boat. So he's not quite as big of a price. He's 12 to 1 for Joe Sharp. But what a neat horse. He just kind of goes everywhere, shows up. He's not really a flashy, you know, eye popping type of horse. But when he runs his best race, he's certainly competitive. I don't know if he's truly a grade one winner or if he's capable of kind of making that step up to win here. But he's so honest. I wouldn't leave him off an exotic. I love Fast Boat. He is so honest and he's going to make that one run closing if the turf course is showing any ability to, for closers to make a run. Uh, he is going to be on my ticket for sure. The horse I'll pick on top is another Euro, and that's the number six, A Case of You, who's 8-1 to one on the morning line, but I've seen a lot of people picking this horse, and I get why, off the last effort. I mean, just absolutely closed like a freight train. It got, like we mentioned in the last race, the, the turf horse that made the big finish. This was something very similar at 10-1. to one. And I, I like the idea of this horse having a win over a synthetic track as well, going left turn. So, you don't, to me, I, I worry less about how he might handle uh, the what's going to be a firm turf course at Del Mar uh, is going to be mid-pack and make one run and has been uh, really in good form these last two races. So I'm going to use a case of you uh, on top as my top choice. The other pick here is not going to be a huge price, but I think may get forgotten, but has awesome back class. Uh, this is going to sound silly. I got to use Kamari for Wesley Ward. So Kamari was a horse that had won here early on the turf. They sent over to Ascot, ran a respectable second at Ascot, they came back and to start the year, wins at Oakland in the slot, then wins the Madison, uh, going seven furlongs at Keeneland. They wanted to come back and run in the Philly and Mare uh, sprint, which we'll talk about coming up. Wesley Ward said the horse is not ready. They feel like the horse is more ready to run in a turf sprint. There's just so much back class here, Jess. And get Joel Rosario, who I know you talked about uh, you know, Johnny V on the grass. I think Joel uh, on a turf sprint like this, uh, sitting just off the pace, can make a run. And I'm a sucker for the back class here. And Wesley Ward being ignored in a turf sprint, I got to be involved in. So I like a case of you to number six. I like the number nine, Camary. 
Anyone else you want to point to here in what looks like a huge scramble and a great betting opportunity on Saturday? I'll stick with my bombs. This kind of, kind of sums it up for me. I know. You did give us good. This is uh, exactly why we have Jess on, because she's allergic to chalk for the most part. Uh, comes on and gives us uh, excellent winners. Now, the final race we'll talk. I'd rather talk, be wrong with a long shot. I sure would be, too. Uh, the last race we'll talk about here is probably, uh, you know, one of the. <laughs> well, you're laughing now. You're laughing. But it's it's. It's one of the you know easier races to handicap uh, if you're looking at these races and thinking, boy, where can I save my time? The way to start the day and save your time, I think potentially, might be the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. It looks like a two-horse race on paper. The two is scratched here. Uh, you have uh, the Gamine, who is going to be a favorite, I think, significant in this race. And you have Bella Sofia shipping in for Rudy Rodriguez coming off that awesome effort in the Gallant Bloom. I'll go first and say for me, I'm going to take this uh, Bella Sophia to knock off Gamine in this spot. I think Gamine is slower than she was a year ago. That turn of foot's not there. I think Bella Sophia and Luis Sires are going to beat her to the front, and that's going to be the storyline in this race. So I'll take a small shot with the six, Bella Sophia, over Gamine. What do you want to do with Gamine here, Jessica Paquette? So as a public handicapper, I feel it is my job to always have an opinion and always, you know, you don't get to sit out races uh, when you're a public handicapper. As a horse player, this might be one that I, um, you know, I don't go too heavy into. I might, pa- I might pass on this one entirely. I don't know what to do with Kameen, right? Because she does seem to have maybe lost a step. However, is her, you know, is her B plus still good enough? That's the big, the big question with this filly. It's she's a tough one to figure out what to do with. Um, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm going to use her on top, but I'd have no problem with Bella Sophia knocking her off either. Yeah, I hope we see a fight and a battle between these two because she's Gamine. Her one bad race she has had in her entire career is when they tried to go in the Kentucky Oaks. Everything else, they realize she's a sprinter and she's shown up. And and obviously there've been some stories behind her and Bob Baffert that are pretty easily searchable out there via Google. You know some of her races uh, and some of the tactics there. But I, I want to see a throwdown between these two. I thought last year Serengeti Empress was going to be too much. I was wrong. I guess I'm a sucker. I'm going to go back to Bella Sophia. And if you're a real psycho, if you really want a horse for that trifecta, uh, use Proud Emma for Peter Miller, who walked out of the gate last time, is going to make one run closing under Flavian Pratt and might be able to suck up and juice up a trifecta. Maybe an exact if the speed duel knocks these two horses out. But that, that's for true, that's for true, true degenerates. That's, I'm not advising that. But if you're looking for a third horse here in tries, I'm using Proud Emma. Uh, over the unwanted involved here. So you, uh, once again, Jessica, always count on you. Jessica Paquette has come on a podcast. She refused to give out chalk. She alerted you to it. W- er, can people get the rest of your picks? Went through five races here. Are your picks available uh, in, in full form uh, for the entire Breeders' Cup weekend, Jess? I'm going to be tweeting them out throughout the day. Good. So if you want to give me a follow at JM Paquette, um, you'll have to put up with some weird dog and horse photos because that's all that I have going on in my life currently. But <laughs> yeah, there'll be, some, there'll be some selections in there as well. Uh, and I should note here before we get out, I saw the press release from MAC Sports. They are going to be, I'm not sure at what time on Saturday during the TV coverage. We'll certainly try to highlight it. Uh, at Mohegan Sun, we're there for the Breeders' Cup. But they're going to highlight uh, the life of Bob Newmeyer, who has been celebrated the last couple weeks, passing away uh, way too young at the age of 70. And something I-, I guess I didn't know until the story started circulating from friends and racing afterwards. I didn't realize, Jess, how much of a... Suffolk Downs guy that knew me was when Suffolk was doing live racing uh, stories of news uh, uh, directors uh, and, and uh, producers calling the press box because they knew Numi would be there and say, hey, there's a story to go work on, Numi. We need you to get to work. And he'd always be over there in the press box. Numi was a big friend of horse racing here in New England, and he came out for our 75th anniversary at Suffolk Downs, which was quite a few years ago now. And was so gracious and so fun throughout the entire day. So racing uh, in New England, lost kind of a legend. Uh, and as you know, he was a big supporter of old friends and really felt like that. You know, you've been such a, a huge supporter of the Thoroughbred Retirement Fund and old friends that they do in Kentucky and up in Saratoga. And he always supported that. And he loved racing. He loved the horses. He loved the track. He loved the people. Uh, certainly miss him. And this would have been a weekend. Uh, he would have been on here yapping away with us, giving all sorts of crazy picks for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Jess, excellent job. I cannot wait to come bother you and Sam Houston uh, in the race season. And thank you for your input, JM Puckett on Twitter. Good luck this weekend. Cash some tickets, and uh, we'll talk to you next Derby. Thank you. Good luck to you. Breeders' Cup is in California. That means Dick Girardi is in California. Our buddy, of course, uh, great work at the Racing Forum, now with us courtesy 
uh, betonline.ag, where Knicks go is a 12-5 to favorite. I'd be fading him at that price. We'll see if Dick feels the same way. Live at Old Del Mar. Mr. Girardi, how are you, sir? I am great, uh, Michael. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm doing well, but you're doing better. I'm in Boston, where it's like 45 degrees. You're in Del Mar. <laughs> Set the scene for us on Breeders' Cup Eve out at Del Mar. Yeah, I mean, for people who have never had a chance to be in the San Diego area, uh, Del Mar is about 20 miles north of downtown San Diego, just a little bit north of La Jolla. You know, people have watched the golf tournaments in La Jolla for many years. It's just a beautiful place. Uh, it's right on the ocean. Uh, 101 separates the Pacific Ocean from the racetrack. And if you're sitting at a grandstand, you can see the ocean. And if you walk by, I'm actually staying in a hotel. It's like catacorner to the track. And I can walk down and you look to your left and you're looking down over the racetrack. So there's really no setting like it in horse racing and not many sports. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And It was the first time I got on an airplane for the first time in 18 months on Tuesday. So it was nice to get somewhere else other than Pennsylvania. Uh, the weather looks great there. And and I, I don't want to hold you to this because we're talking on Thursday night. Uh, but it was hard not to notice today, Dick, and from a track profile standpoint, our friend Matt Bernier talked about this on his podcast a couple weeks ago uh, on YouTube, that you know a lot of these dirt races in the past, this fall meet, it does play to, to speed horses. Did you feel like today watching the races that the front was the place to be on the dirt and or on the turf? Yeah, Mike, I'm telling you, I haven't looked yet. Okay, the there you go. I, I was actually doing some other work today, but yeah, that's my nighttime study in a little bit. Uh, it's interesting, four years ago when the Breeders' Cup was here for the first and only time, it was a stone-cold outside closers track. Yeah, It was very different than you what you think of California. It took me about maybe halfway through the first day, and then I started to adjust and, and got, got myself in position, just wasn't able to capitalize. But, yeah, it, who knows? We'll, we'll, find, we'll obviously know more tomorrow. But, yeah, there was nothing on, on Wednesday that I saw, but it, it's interesting. I, I'll take a look tonight and see, what, see what's going on. I will never, ever, ever forget the look on the face of the people in the Mohegan Sun Ballroom when Bar of Gold came flying <laughs> down the outside and paid a million dollars, and you thought, okay, yeah. This might be something to look at here going forward. So Dick Girardi here, yeah. betonline.ag. Let's handicap some races here, Dick. We're going to start with the big one. It's the Breeders' Cup Classic. You have a very strong hand for Brad Cox here with uh, the favorite and the second choice in Nick's go and essential quality. Medina Spirit, we know his storyline by now. We had developing three-year-old in Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, you have an outside player and Max player who started to round into form. And then from there... Really some fringe opportunities. Your thoughts here going a mile and a quarter at Del Mar, the 12th race of the day, the big one that really sets up an awesome late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's a three-horse race, Mike. Uh, I'm going to try to beat Medina Spirit. I just think the circumstance is against him. And, look, I like the horse. He's obviously had a terrific season. Um, but he's not as fast as Nick's go. I think he's going to be chasing it. I just don't think that's an optimal situation. Uh, I'm going to try to beat Art Collector. I'm going to try to beat uh, Max Player. I, I think it's the two Cox horses and Hot Rod Charlie. And of the three of them, I like Hot Rod Charlie the best. I thought his Pennsylvania Derby was dazzling, um, and horses have come out of that race. Uh, the third horse came back. Uh, American Revolution came back to win a New York bred stake, the Empire Classic, last Saturday. Got a 108 buyer figure. Uh, another horse out of that race came back in an optional claimer, get a 109 buyer figure. So it's a key race with giant numbers. Uh, and of the three of them, and I think they're really close, Nick's go is central quality, Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, Nick's go style is the best. Always love horses loose on the lead. Hot Rod Charlie's price is going to be the best of the three. But, man, it's close. And I, I have a feeling we could see something really a lot of fun in the last couple hundred yards on Saturday night. And I'm with you. I, I like the three and the four. Those would be my top two in this race. But let, let's pace this thing out for a second. Uh, yep. Do you assume that Medina Spirit and Johnny V are going to go and soften up Nick's go? And is that your thought in Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality sort of sitting right off and waiting for the speed to come back to them? I think that's possible. My my opinion is that they you know they have to send. Uh, a, I don't think there's any question that there's Baffert's going to they're going to try to send oh, yeah. uh, the Derby winner. I mean there just isn't any reason not to. I don't think he's fast enough. I think Nick's go is just faster. Um, I mean we'll find out. Obviously the first couple hundred yards will tell a story. And Nick's go is actually better on turns than it is on straightaways. And this is a much longer straightaway than normal, right? Because we're starting at the top of the stretch. Uh, but if Nick's go is loose coming out of that first turn, I make him even money to win the race or less because uh, he's just that good. But to your point, 
if if Medina Spirit is with them and makes them go too fast too soon, then I think it, it's strictly there's only two numbers left. It's three four four three. Uh, my preference is the three four because I think Hot Rod's going to have the Golden Trip sitting third, and Essential Quality is going to have to come and get him. Now he could uh, he couldn't get him in the Derby. And, look, he won the Belmont. He got him. But I think you can make a case that Rod Charlie was the better horse that day, given how oh, that yeah. race was run. Yep. And he's going to be the better price. Uh, but, look, all three are tremendous. Uh, Nick's go, the only hole he's got is what happens if he doesn't make the lead. That's why you want to give yourself a couple of chances in this race, uh, not just limit yourself to, hey, I like this horse. You know, you got to like these scenarios and then bet accordingly. It's a great point. i got to take advantage of you being out there for the last couple of days, Dick. Um, is there a... Is there a buzz horse in your mind? Is there a horse or two people are talking about from a training standpoint, a preparation standpoint, uh, that might move up a couple notches based on that talk on the backstretch? Yeah, I mean, essential quality is probably the one. His work on Sunday was insane at Churchill, and he's looked great out here. And I'll tell you, I know we're just talking about him, but I'd ride Charlie the same. I think it's the two – look, the two three-year-olds have just improved race to race to race uh, all year long, and it looks to me like they're peaking – at the exact perfect time. So, yeah. But again, I, I can't possibly tell you Nick's go can't win because if he clears this field, I would like that would I would like to have my money there. If they let me bet in race here and he's clear on the first turn, I think he's going to win. I've heard stories of uh, windows staying open while races are going on back in the I race. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that never happens for me. I, I know, and it, they close early for me when I have winners. All right, so three uh, Nick's go. We have Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, kind of a three pack there at the top. It makes a lot of sense. For Dick Girardi in the Breeders' Cup Classic, the final race of the day. We'll go backwards and go through some of the races that uh, Jessica and I did not go through. And I'm going to go to, I think, potentially one of the biggest favorites of the day. It's going to be Latruska uh, in the Breeders' Cup. This staff, she's going to be uh, 8 to 5 on the morning line. I would not be shocked if she's going to be shorter than that. She's had a great year. Uh, she has speed, but she catches the field here, Dick, much like the Classic, where I think there are some horses that are going to be going early, have to go early, and potentially softening up the, 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 the female champion of the year when it comes to older racehorses in this country. Your thoughts on Latruski, your thoughts on Race 10, the Distaff? No, I think your, your point is a really good one, Mike. Private mission to one. I don't know why they are not going, right? I mean, Pratt is an aggressive rider. Baffler's yeah. an aggressive trainer. So they're going. Uh, Latruska, that's how she runs. It's not like she couldn't pass a horse, but that isn't what she's been doing this year. Horologist is fast. I don't know that she's fast enough to keep up with this group, but she's got some speed, and she dares the devil, actually outran Latruska earlier this year, and that's kind of her running style. So, yeah, it's a little different field than Latruska's uh, matched up with lately, and that that bizarre workout on Saturday where Latruska jumped into a two-year-old's, middle of a two-year-old's workout and ends up getting hooked. Look, I don't know what it ultimately means, but there's no chance, no way that was planned. You would never want that. That's not good. Uh, and there's other horses in here that can win. I mean, Royal Flag has been training great. She's got a great running style, especially if there's a, a contested pace. Malathad has essentially done nothing wrong. The only race she got beat was just because of circumstance more than anything else. So, yeah, I, I think Latruska is vulnerable. I kind of originally thought, or I'm, I'm going to better, but I think given the price and the circumstance and the workout, I think there's just enough working against her that I will probably try to beat her with horses like Royal Flag and Malathon. Uh, so, those are, so those would be your two? If you had to pick one for the people that are listening and saying, who does Dick like in the distaff, would Price be the separator there for you potentially? Yeah, I like Royal Flag. I, I love the style. It's Rosario's kind of horse. He's the best finisher in the sport. And if you envision a potential 23-46 uh, battle, it's the, it's the perfect setup. But having said that, it's also the perfect setup for Malathon. Uh, but I think Royal Flag, just judging by, I think she's sitting on potentially the race of her life, and it's going to take that, obviously, to win. And Rosario's just had a ridiculous year, and, you know, why not top it with some more big races? Obviously, he's live all day, all day on Saturday. My two picks were 3-2 without talking to Dick, so well, I don't have a whole different opinion. I, and I think Mallet thought the reason I picked her is just the way they've they, they pointed to this thing, and they had that little yeah. hiccup against Maracuja at Saratoga where they went to the front. They won't go yeah. to the front here. They'll sit, and, nope. and, I, and I think she'll be closer than Royal Flag is. I like Royal Flag's finish. She was awesome at Belmont last time. She could have yep. done it any easier. I should just yep. fire a ba- farther back. So you and I are on two simple horse. Let me ask you about one other one that's getting some buzz. Yeah. Uh, sure. is, Cl- is Clarier. 
for Steve Asmussen. I know there was not much there at Parks, your neck of the woods in the Cotillion, but yep. boy, big, yep. easy move there and got a nice number, 93. Time form came back okay there at a 107. Clarier is a closer in this spot. Yeah, she she is, I mean, the most obviously the best bred horse in the race by curling out of a $2 million earning mayor, Cavorty. And I, look, her race at Parks was really good, but it, it was it was horses she was supposed to beat. She's never been able to beat Malathot. Um, having said all that, of the horses in this race, she has worked the best, and it's not even close. Hmm. She just abused Max Flair when they worked together. Max Flair, they kept trying to go by, and they couldn't do it. Uh, so she's really worked great. The problem with her is there's just no numbers there. 93 is a top. It's going to take at least 100 to win the race. So it's like, what are you seeing in the workouts versus what have you seen on the numbers? And I love workouts, but at the bottom line, I'm a numbers guy. I just don't think she's got the numbers. All right, so we are on similar pages here. Latruska gets softened up, and it's uh, Malathot, it's Royal Flag, uh, a couple of off-the-pacers in what looks like an awesome distaff. You go back to race number eight, the Breeders' Cup Sprint. It's got an awesome horse in here, Jackie's Warrior. I, I probably misspoke. It's probably not going to be uh, Latruska. There are a couple other huge favorites we'll talk about. But one of those huge favorites is, I think, going to be Jackie's Warrior, who, again, talk about doing nothing wrong. Uh, Jackie's yeah. Warrior shows up, runs fast every single time, uh, get, r- runs horses down, fought back last time against Life is Good, who kind of drifted out there, and the Jerkins are two back, destroyed him in the Gallant Bob, and ran the uh, best buyer speed figure of his career. Is probably the fastest horse on paper, quickest early. What do you want to do with the 6-5 to five morning line favorite, Jackie's Warrior, who has had an awesome campaign at three? Yeah, I don't think he's going to lose. I, I just don't see anybody that can run with him early or late or any other time. And just what you see is what you get. He's just the best horse. I mean, his one-turn races, Mike, I mean, he's, the, he's a neck from being undefeated. And the only race he got beat in the Woody Stevens, he completely missed the break and was in, inside. Yep. And the only other one-turn race that was even close was the Life is Good race. Now, Life is Good should have beaten him that day. Mike Smith just gave him a ridiculous ride. Yep. Uh, I mean, he didn't even ride him. I don't know what he was doing, but it was just bizarre. Uh, but if if you're behind Life is Good, that's not a bad thing. Uh, so, yeah, I think Jackie Foyer is an absolute sense. And I've just been spending, yeah, as you can imagine, sleepless nights. All right, who's second? Um, and I've come to a couple of conclusions one is, I don't think Dr. Shibble Scheigel is getting there. I hated his last workout. I'm tossing him. He's going to be the second choice. I hate to toss him because I love Pratt, and, and the trainer's really good, but I'm tossing him. Uh, special reserve, I don't think, can get there because he's going to be chasing. Then you just got uh, Matera Sky, I don't think, belongs in a race. And then, like, who, what do we have? So that that I'll be up all night trying to think about that because – I don't think Jackie's working loose. Okay, so let me try to convince you on my exacto horse here, and that's the number yeah. number five horse, Aloha West, for Wayne Calinato, yeah. Jose Ortiz, yeah. an absolutely in career form, just yeah. missed coming late against uh, uh, against Special Reserve last time out. Back-to-back yeah. buyer tops, a 102 and a 100, uh, has two yeah. wins at the distance, and is going to have that running style, Dick, like where you said yeah. if, if Matea Sky, the, the, the import, is going to go quickly, but Jackie's Warrior puts it behind. All the chasers go. I wanted yep. the one-run closer, and I thought from a 102 time form uh, closing pace figure, I wanted to use Aloha West as my exact horse here. Yeah, I, I like it, Mikey. If I was betting the race at the minute, at this moment, that's exactly where I would go, 25. I think that's the most logical, and it could pay mid-20s, uh, where like the 2.9 is going to pay 8. You know, Some of the other ones are not going to – 2.8 is not going to pay very much. So, yeah, I, I think that's the, that makes perfect sense. Because you always want to pair opposite styles. Uh, you want to pair the speed horse with the closer because the chasers aren't going to get there. And uh, he, so, yeah, I, I like and, and he's talented. I'm not sure the running style will yeah. fit here. But, I mean, the other horse I would just want people to keep an eye on is following seat down on the rail for Todd Pletcher. Who, yep. yeah. uh, ran no, to- he, it, if, especially if the rail is live, pay attention to that. You can see Johnny V just riding the rail and, and getting second. This is a good horse. Uh you know, he's not getting the lead, obviously, in this race like he did in the Bosford. I mean, nobody's getting the lead from Jackie's Warrior, not that I could see. All right, we're not going to let you do all uh, dirt races, Dick. We're going to give you a turf race here as well. They're going to mile and a three-eighth, Breeders' and Cup, Philly and Mare Turf, uh, a yep. situation where the Europeans have done excellent in this race. The the turf race itself uh, later on the card got decimated with the domestic spending and United out of this thing. Uh, everyone live here and a lot of prices to choose from, including the winner last year, but stuck way on the outside, uh, Adria, who gets the 12 post at a 5-1 to one odds. Not an easy spot to win from Delmar. Yeah, I hate the post. I really like the horse. I mean, look, I, as you said, she won last year. The, the race at, at, at Longchamp, the Prix de l'Opera, 
if you watch the tape of that, I don't know who this writer was, but he was writing like he was Pat Day back in the day. I'll, I'll just wait forever, right? And finally, asked her at the two furlong pole when she has no momentum and the other horses already have them. And, and, and still, she really tried hard. Yeah. And, and I said, when I'm watching the race, I said, how about a new rider? Well, how about William Buick? So, yeah, they got a new rider, but the post is obviously a concern. Could be deep on all turns. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a great thing on a course like Del Mar. I actually like uh, – it, this, this is a very hard race to me. Yeah. I like love the six, uh, the, the Aiden O'Brien uh, filly. She, I mean, her, her form – if this was last year, she would be 100% six. I mean, her form last year was ridiculous. One group one after another. And this year, she's running against Adiar. She's running against Mishrif. And he actually wanted to run her on Arc Day, and she had a bit of a temperature. Wanted to run her at Ascot. The blood wasn't quite right. And if you remember, they actually were planning to run her on the turf. But they dropped her down here, which suggests to me maybe she's not quite good enough to beat, like, the really good ones in the turf. But this is a sharp group, and I, I think she is the most talented horse in the race. I'm just not 100% sure about physical condition. But if she runs her best, she's going to win. I, I, because it's my favorite bet of the weekend is betting on love here. So I'll only add a couple of things you didn't mention there. Uh, the, 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 the campaign that had you no know, back-to-back grade ones uh, yep. in, in the Oaks and, and the, the horses in those races are some of the best horses of her age, uh, yep. including the, she, she beat last year's Breeders' Cup, the uh, dry yep. or the 12 beat that horse. And then yep. was right behind yep. Mishariff uh, the, the, the next time out. And then yeah. what really sealed it for me, Dick, and I, I am not a weight guy, okay? Well, growing up and, and yeah. handicapping people, yeah. into, my buddy Jim Mazer were talking about weights and lose weight, and I never yeah. I never thought of it. This horse yeah. is dropping 13 pounds from the <laughs> right. last race, five pounds yeah. from the race before, hasn't carried 123, 124 since those back-to-back Group 1 wins, has early foot to be involved. All, yeah. syst- all systems go. I, I mean, I, yeah. it's my favorite bet of the weekend. Yeah, one of the great trainers in the history of the sport. Yep. You know, Ryan Moore's a great rider. Nothing not to like about her. And, again, if, if she comes back to her best form, she's daylight the best in this field. I mean, it's not even, it's not even close that she's the best horse in this race. And, and the Euros are in a good spot here. The American, I'll give you at a price uh, to, to kind of juice up your exactctus and trifectas. I'm going to use Pocket Square for Chad Brown, who, okay. who closed into a slow pace last time. That was Chad's 100th graded win uh, and if you go back and watch the replay, Irad just does not move. And it was a patented move. The buyer's a little bit light, but a four-year-old coming into form. Uh, Judmon always in these big days at a price. And, and Chad, Chad at 15, 20 to 1. I mean, you have to twist my yeah, arm. So it's, I, I, it's Chad. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. going to use with love. But I, I love love. It's going to probably overbet. She'll be overbet because the name. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you uh, in that spot. Uh, finally, yeah. I, I, keep, yeah, I keep saying this, keep saying this, but yeah. – now I found the horse that might be the, the most biggest favorite of the day, and that's in the yeah. Breeders' Cup third mile. That is life is yes, good, who, as you said. Yeah. Uh, probably should have won and beat Jackie's Warrior in the Jerkins rider error there, and then was just yeah. I mean a comical winner last time out in the Kelso is just my, could be any kind. And of all the favorites, Dick, this is the most likely favorite. Uh, I can't bet against Life is Good in the Dirt Mile. Yeah, there's no reason to try to beat Life is Good that I can come up with. There's a couple of weird things in here. One that I just noticed today. The four Jasper Prince was actually in front of the Breeders' Cup Sprint last year. (laughs) It's like, really? What what was that all about? So obviously he's fast. I I don't know what that means. But look, I think Life is Good's going to the front and crushing the field. Um, He's an incredible talent. We remember him from the spring where he would have been the favorite at the Derby, just didn't get there. And then they, the the Baffert thing, they transferred him to Todd. And I, my last stop on the way out of the barn area was to Todd today. And I just said, hey, uh, two years ago, I said, who's your best chance? He said, Vino Rosso. I said, who's your best chance? He said, life is good. He says, life is good and Malathot. But just field, Malathot's obviously against a much more difficult field. Life is good has a chance to be a major four-year-old potential superstar. That's how talented this horse is. Yeah, I, I don't think he can lose. Uh, and then you just got to come up with an exact if you can. But I would think the five one's going to be the chalk, the 7 or $8 exact with Silver State. Uh, but maybe maybe people come up with something else. Well, I was going to ask you before we get you out of here, you usually have a good line on Bob Baffert. You've talked in the past mm-hmm. about you know, talking to Bob before yeah. big races. I mean, yep. eight, eight rings, I mean, a, a year ago, you'll come into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, went yep. off at uh, less than two to one. Now ran up the track, yep. but that was a home court. It's kind of rounding back into form. Uh, your your thoughts on Bob and at, at ten to one on the outside? I thought, well, you know, we're getting back to form. Bob Baffert at ten to one seems like a logical exact user. 
Yeah, I talked to him yesterday about a bunch of things, um, including eight rings. He brought it up. He said he didn't like the draw. I think he thought he was outside of too much other speed because I think in his mind he would like to either be in front or be really close, which I don't think he could be given who's inside of him. Um, So he wasn't thrilled with that. But to your point, I mean, the horse's last two have been the best in in recent times, and he ran behind that Ginobili. He was in this race and has been great with the blinkers on uh, but I think he's chasing life is good tomorrow at Ginobili, so or on Saturday. I'm not liking that possibility. Yeah, it, it should be. Uh, it, it seems pretty formful, but maybe if that's the case, you can get through in some multiples because uh, these races all day, pick threes, pick fours, a third pick five added, the late pick five, the ultra pick six. It's just it, it's an awesome betting card. You're going to be taking part, uh, Dick, with our friend Matt Bernier in the BCBC, so we have two great rooting interests. And, you know, uh, the BCBC, the Breeders' Cup, this was this was an event for for our friend Bob Newmeyer, who just he loved handicapping, he loved the game, and he loved the challenge of the game, and he loved tournament play. And he would he he would. This is a weekend that that Bob Newmeyer was. We, we're going to miss him this weekend, Dick. Yeah, there's no question. We're going to miss Bob. What I loved about Bob was he was a guy who happened to happened to be on TV, but he was a player, and and it was obvious how much he loved the game, how much he knew the game. And he came through on every broadcast, and he had fun with it, and, and he worked at it, and, and he was a, he was a really really good player who made some big scores in his life, and yeah, just gone way way too soon, and and, and we'll certainly miss Bob at the track and everywhere else. Uh, he'll be uh, featured on NBC uh, at some point, I believe, on Saturday. Not sure what time, but fans want to check in for that here in Boston and across the country. Dick Girardi, excellent stuff as always. We are on a lot of similar horses, so we're we're in for a good day together, Dick. Or we're going to be hitting the ATM machine as we leave the track on Saturday. It, 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 uh, Mike, it's all us, buddy. Let's get the cash. Good luck this weekend, my friend. Thanks. Thank you, sir. See you, buddy. I said we go 45 minutes. We went over an hour. Okay, we always do this. This is my producer, Ben Charleston, best producer in the building. I told him 45 minutes. But what are you going to do? I start talking racing. This is what I love. I, I, I love events like this. I love uh, the sport. I love handicapping. I love talking about it, especially when you have guests like Jess uh, and Dick Girardi, who are real again, they're the experts. I, I hope you guys took notes and wrote some stuff down. If you didn't, the plan will be, and I always say I'm going to do this, but I'm going to follow through this time. I will post our picks grid uh, on Twitter at MuttWEEI, MuttWEEI on Twitter. They'll give you the ideas of some sort of, I don't know, type it up in word form. I, I'll figure that out at some point uh, on Saturday morning uh, as we're getting ready for what should be a big day of racing. And, and hopefully you guys uh, have some ideas. If you got some thoughts for me, on the race again, send me a tweet. Who do you like this weekend? Who's your favorite play? Who's the favorite you're against? Who do you want to do this weekend? Mutt, W-E-E-I on Twitter. Or you can find me on Instagram as well. Just search my name, and you'll see me there. Uh, I won't recap every pick, but I will tell you if I had to tell say there were two races I'm, I'm looking forward to the most. The first is that Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf, uh, the number six horse love, four to one on the morning line. I'm not sure what kind of price we'll get. I've seen a lot of uh, people interested uh, in that horse but is set up to, to have a big, big run here, is getting a huge weight break, was a great horse earlier in the spring. I know our buddy uh, Matt Bernier in that race uh, likes the eight horse, loves only you, the Japanese horse, who's also 4-1, to one. Uh, but I'm going to go there. Uh, in the turf sprint, uh, the number six horse is a horse that I'm going to be very interested in. Uh, coming over from Europe, I have a lot of European horses, a lot of Aiden O'Brien horses. Uh, so if they win, I'll do well. Uh, the number six horse in that case, a case of you, a uh, big explosive finish last time out. So love, a case of you, and then the Breeders' Cup Classic. It's a fun race. It really is. And I, I continue to envision it in my mind that it's going to be the three and the four, essential quality and hot rod Charlie. Ding, dong, battle to the end. And I couldn't get there in the Belmont. He ran the best race. Uh, I think he gets it done here. Hot rod Charlie. I'm going back to him. A little better price than essential quality, but uh, essential quality has a big shot in this race. Would not be surprised. Uh, if he wins, I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if if Brad Cox, with these two horses, runs 1-3 or 1-2 or 2-3. I- I'm not sure. I have to go back and look. I'm not sure there's been a trader with a better setup in the Breeders' Cup class than what we're going to get uh, from Brad Cox with uh, Nick's go and Essential Quality. And, again, the price horse I want people to keep an eye on, you know, playing 50-cent trifectas, uh, Express Train, the number two for John Sheriffs, 20-1 to on the morning line in that race. But they'll be focused in on the three and the four. I want to thank Jessica Paquette for joining us here uh, today. I want to thank Dick Girardi as well and Ben Charleston, our producer. Uh, If you're looking for a place to watch the races, Mohegan Sun on Saturday, I'll be there with the big A, Anthony Stabile, one of the best characters in racing. 
It's a free event. It's in the ballroom. We'll be there beginning about 11 o'clock all the way through the Breeders' Cup Classic 840 at Mohegan Sun. I hope to see many of you there and come up and say hello. Uh, we'll talk racing. We'll talk sports. We'll hang out with the Big A. It should be fun. But if you're staying home, going to a Breeders' Cup party, going to Del Mar, hope you have a great time. This is a big opportunity, folks. Spend a little more than you normally do. Okay, not saying break the bank, bet with your head, not over it. But these opportunities don't come around very often. It's the Breeders' Cup. It's why we do this thing four times a year. I love talking about it. I love handicapping. Now let's just get the betting part right. Breeders' Cup 2021. Pick a winner or two or three. Good luck this weekend.